Ashley without any, and you're listening to the Wild North Podcast. We also have a co-host today. Her name's Gozer the Gozerian, and <laughs> she's my dog. Yeah, um, she's um, been extremely hyper, but she is just chilling on the bed. But if you hear weird whining and angry noises, it's her. It's definitely her. <laughs> and if it sounds like something's dying, it's also her. Mm-hmm. That's her natural state of existence. So <laughs> She's actually mellow right now, though, so that's good. Yeah. So uh, what's going on, Ash? How have you been this week? Good. It's the... Second half of our coronavirus episode. I know, and it's kind of crazy how things are rapidly changing. It's and, so fast. I mean, we did these interviews, and now it's like, okay, now what? <laughs> yeah, everything has kind of flopped. We actually, so yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about how things have changed in most of the places. Um, this episode is a little more U.S. focused. So we have Hawaii, Utah, California, um, New York and New Zealand. (laughs) New Zealand's obviously not in the U.S., but we do have New Zealand. And New Zealand is for a specific reason, so once we get there, you guys will totally understand. (laughs) New Zealand's a fun story, so. Yeah, Yeah, but uh, this week has been pretty crazy. We both just got back from traveling. Yeah. Ashley just got back. (laughs) Ashley with an E. (laughs) Just got back from Colorado and I just got back from Nevada, so two totally different states, two very different things going on there right now. So you want to talk about Colorado first? Yeah. Um, the So my sister lives in Denver, and I decided to go down there and drive because everyone has been saying, you know, it's relatively safe to fly. The airports are pretty empty. Planes are pretty empty. The air circulation is fine. But I personally just didn't want to do it, so... For the record, I also did not fly to yeah. Nevada. We both I drove. drove. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it uh, it was interesting because Portland has been so shut down. Really, we haven't been able to do anything. Hiking trails are closed. They actually just a couple days ago closed all dispersed camping. So you there's literally no camping in Oregon anymore, mm-hmm. which makes us very sad. Yeah, but tomorrow, 29 counties in Oregon are opening mm-hmm. for phase one. I was reading that earlier. The Portland Metro counties, uh, is it Clackamas, Multnomah, and Washington. Washington, they are not opening. They didn't even apply to open because they think that they need to get more staff and more of the requirements met before they should even bother applying because they don't have enough people to do the tracking. I think that's probably smart anyway. Yeah, so I was actually really happy to hear that um, just because it's kind of being really responsible on their part they're not trying to rush the opening because of the economy they want to make sure they're doing it right so. yeah and we've really reduced our cases and done a pretty good job yeah but so yeah driving to Colorado was like being catapulted back into normal life because <laughs> nothing seems to be closed and they are doing I mean they have the stay-at-home order they have a lot of a lot of places are still closed but my sister owns a cafe it's called Bumble Tea if you're ever in Denver and <laughs> <laughs> shameless plug so basically Colorado they you can walk into restaurants you can walk into places and actually order stuff at the day that I was leaving they had just started requiring that everyone wear some kind of face covering so before that it was just I got there and there was traffic and people wandering around everywhere and it was very very strange because I'm very used to the ghost town of Portland right now yeah so it was interesting and then I drove home through Utah and I stopped um there's a this really cool pull-off that was just this random spot outside of any parks, so it was open. It was just this 
tiny little weird dirt road that my car really could not handle. <laughs> um, but I watched the sunrise there and I didn't see a single person for about four hours like driving in and I didn't see them anyone during the day, which was really nice. And it was so good to just be on the road and see family. And yeah, I'm really ready for quarantine to be over. But, you know, I get that we can't do that yet. <laughs> yeah, I won't talk too much about Nevada just because like <laughs> it was mostly just you know, me being lazy the whole time I was there. I <laughs> didn't do anything spectacular. Um, but I did read an article before I was going that they were actually opening up the phase one, which is allowing for certain retail businesses, restaurants with strict regulations. Nobody could sit at the bars because in Vegas, all of the bars have you know, machines attached to them and things like that. So you can't sit at the bar. You can't do any gambling. So, <laughs> so the casinos are open just for food? So the casinos aren't open yet. Okay. They will be opening in phase two, to my understanding. Interesting. And they'll be operating at a 50% capacity. That's going to be really hard to keep under control, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> That's so maybe just a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, so I'm kind of interested to see how it turns out. It's been a week now since that happened, and I just read an article today that they had the highest spike ever in new cases in a single day. Wow. So I was kind of like, well, that's what phase one means. <laughs> so, um, so I'm kind of interested to see how it works in some other places that are going through phase one coming in this next week too. Um, just because I thought that that was kind of not necessarily surprising, but I didn't expect it to happen so quickly. And especially I was looking at the charts in Oregon today too. And I don't think we really flattened the curve enough to be like, yay, phase one. So I think that's pretty true everywhere. And I think people are just getting antsy, which I understand, but yeah. Yeah. I, it's, even Washington opened, they reopened state parks. There's still no camping, but you can go hiking and there's a lot of trails that are open now. And mm -hmm. I very much wanted to just go north and go hiking, but I decided that I want to wait a few weeks and see how it goes and see how everyone else fares before I wander out into the world again. Yeah, I do. I do think I did stop at some lakes and things on the, the drives and I took a little bit of a break to just take in some nature because it's a pretty long drive. And it was, it was nice to be outside. I haven't really enjoyed nature very much this last two months, which is yeah. really hard on me because it's literally my passion. Yeah. And, uh, but it was nice to just take some fresh air in. And there was no people out at any lakes that I stopped at. There was nobody there. People would stop, take a picture, and then get back in their car and leave. And I had Gozer, so <laughs> she definitely had to go potty here yeah. and there. But, um, yeah, I'm, I do think it was interesting being in Nevada though, because it was pretty desolate, which I'm not used to. Right. Especially that. in Las Vegas. That's <laughs> yeah. really wild. Yeah. I'm not used to the whole, um, nobody out thing. <laughs> I mean, there's usually people out 24 hours a day all over the place and yeah. it, it's crazy and I there was none of that like I did see some pictures of Las Vegas Boulevard just completely devoid of people and that that's wild yeah that's not a thing that happens there you know what's really funny <laughs> this will be the last thing I say on this but 
a lot of my friends took their bikes down there and were bike riding through the strip. That's awesome. And I actually kind of wish I was there to do that. That would actually be really fun. Yeah, that's the one thing I wish that I would have gotten to do during quarantine is go ride a bike down Las Vegas Boulevard. literally, that's probably the only time you could ever do that. Yeah, and it's not, it's totally not safe during regular no. life. <laughs> you will die. <laughs> I'm sure there are people who have dared it, but no. Yeah. Plus, everyone's drunk, so it's yeah. just a bad idea. Between the drunkness and the taxi drivers, it's all over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, um, well, yeah, it's been it's been really interesting, and I think it's been kind of cool to have a different perspective on it too, because we've been talking to people from all over the place, but we actually got to see firsthand how other states and other places are handling it. Yeah. Um, and I was talking to my mom, um, so we did a little interview with her because Hawaii's been pretty great about being closed down and they actually have had some uh really they're pretty strict it's like not europe level but they've been more strict i think than a lot of states yeah which makes sense because they are very isolated out there they're an island in the middle (laughs) of the ocean and i just had one question that i think you could answer did they shut down pretty early in this they did it was pretty much the week after I, I was just out there at the beginning of March, and so it was probably, like, maybe the second, third week of March. I had just gotten home, and they shut everything down, and they made it so that if you're coming into the islands, you have to have 14 days of quarantine, mm-hmm. so you can't go anywhere when you get there. And then they shut the beaches down, which is a huge freaking deal there. Mm-hmm. So they closed... At first, it was that they closed it to uh, just sitting and hanging out on the beach. So you could walk, you could run, you could swim. That was fine. Mm-hmm. That lasted about a week, and then people were still flocking to the beaches and having big crowds, and so they closed it to anything but swimming, which is weird because you couldn't even dry off, so you literally would, like, walk from your car to the ocean and then back to your car. <laughs> it's like, what's even the point of that? That sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. yeah oh my so, gosh. and I thought, you know, that maybe people wouldn't listen to it and kind of just be whatever about it, but they actually arrested people for being on the beach, and they've been finding people pretty severely, so they actually are enforcing it. Which is more than a lot of places, a lot of states are doing. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, well, before we talk about some of the other things your mom mentioned, because I think they're pretty interesting, you want to play her interview? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. I have a very special guest with us. Uh, she is from Hawaii, and it's my mom, but go ahead and introduce yourself anyway. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sue from Oahu. So tell us about what is going on over there right now. Well, kind of crazy, like the rest of the world, I guess. But we had good news today. We only had six new cases. Yesterday, I think there were 20, 25 or 28, something like oh, that. Wow. So it seems like it's going down. We've had 10 deaths, which is very sad. But I think because we're an island and you have to go in quarantine if you fly here, we have that advantage, you know. People can't just drive in. <laughs> yeah, that's helpful. <laughs> but it's it's kind of, I think everyone at this point is getting more stir-crazy because so many people are staying at home. I think our em- unemployment rate now is up to almost 40%. Oh, wow. And the beaches were totally closed too, right, for a while? Uh, you could walk or run or swim. You couldn't sit on the beaches, but two or three days ago, they had just... Uh, close the beaches to swimming only so you can't walk your dog you can't oh, wow. go run beach or anything so you have to get in the water if you want to go to the beach so how has this affected you are you still working are you able to work i am i work for two doctors so when they 
they're still seeing patients and so I take care of their kids and tutor and work with their kids. Oh, I am lucky I have a paycheck. So many people do not. Or I know a lot of people, my neighbor got her hours cut in half. She's working from home, but she only has 20 hours now. Wow. There's so many people home, so many people without paychecks. It's pretty scary. Yeah. But on a positive, the, go- the governor just signed an executive order that now they can deliver uh, unopened wine, beer, and alcohol to your doors, as well as food. <laughs> <laughs> it's about time Hawaii caught up on that. We've been doing that for a little while in Portland. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Yeah, so I was surprised to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you have been working, but what, what are you doing to keep busy through all of this? Is there anything that you've been able to, to catch up on? Um, I actually did a puzzle today, which I haven't done in about 40 years. I really <laughs> wanted to do that. <laughs> no, I've been, I've been sick off and on, so I've been, I feel like I've been home forever. You know, I had some time off sick, as you know, but uh, not not with COVID-19, so that's good. Oh, yeah. Actually, can we talk uh, about I, that? So you, you got tested. How did that go? Was that I did. an easy process? Uh, if you call swabbing your brain easy. I <laughs> know <laughs> oh, I shouldn't discourage people. It really, it really was uh, a little startling because they put that swab way, way inside your nostril. And it burns a little bit, but it's not, not all the way to your brain, just close. <laughs> but it was fast. And... Um, it, you know, uh, it was really hard when I was really, really sick in February. I really thought I might have it. And I was so ill and coughing and just a crazy, incessant cough, but no one would test me. And now, this time, I had a little bit of fever and symptoms, and they tested me right away. I'm glad that <laughs> so you were able know. to get tested this time. But, yeah, I'm glad that, that you don't have it. Yeah, it's. I think the biggest frustration with people here, because it's such a year-round outdoor friendly place that pretty much the only thing people can do now is you know take walks they've closed parks they've closed the public trails they've closed you know any kind of uh like kapilani park is a big place where people in town get together and they don't want people to get together so of course everything's closed but it seems like everyone everywhere i go is outside walking their dogs so there's that. I can do that lots of times. <laughs> I need to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's been pretty wild with how how many people have been outside since this has all happened. Yeah, I think most people feel like that's the safe place, you know, but not if there's like hundreds of people uh, in the same place. They, oh, they changed the rule for boating too, which affects my boyfriend. He has a really big boat, but you're only allowed to have two people on a boat. Um, the only exception is if you're in the same family living at the same residence, then they'll let the whole family go. So crazy. <laughs> Things that are so common out here to do in big groups, it's just not not happening, but hopefully it's working. You know, our seems like we're improving over here. I sure hope we get past the danger point soon. We've yeah. already lost 10 people, which is tragic but could have been a lot worse if they didn't do that quarantine anyone coming here has to stay in their room for 14 days so yeah definitely need to do stuff like that on an island (laughs) yeah definitely well thank you so much for being on with us we really appreciate it so that was hawaii um yeah they're doing things a little differently but yeah i think it's crazy though that your mom actually got tested i mean yeah that 
I know really bothered you for a while, just emotionally, but... She was really sick for a long time, so... Yeah. I'm glad that they actually are finally offering testing there, too, because that was not a thing in Hawaii for a very long time. They were very slow to get all of that stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's... I'm glad that they have that available, and I actually just read that they... It's been two weeks they haven't had a new case. Yeah. So that's really good, too. Yeah, I think it's it's crazy... Um how she described like it's like swabbing your brain I (laughs) one of my friends that I grew up with in Vegas he and his uh, girlfriend got tested also because one of them had come in contact with somebody who tested positive and they said the same thing they said it was the worst experience of their life just because it's so awful (laughs) and I just can't even imagine like having to go do it I know. First of all, like, just mustering the strength to be there. And then also having it be awful. (laughs) It just sounds It's just too many things. Yeah. We're already dealing with enough. (laughs) Yeah. So I, your mom, she's a trooper. (laughs) Um, Well, we also have our friend Spider O'Neill from Utah. And he had a very different experience in Hawaii. Yeah. They didn't even close. (laughs) I know. Even driving through Salt Lake City on my way home, I was like, there's full-on traffic here. I feel like this is normal rush hour right now. Yeah. He was saying that, like, they just, they've got minimal restrictions and partial quarantine, but not anything compared to what it sounds like anywhere else that we've talked to. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very different thing. And I do, he's making masks, which is cool. I think a lot of people have taken that up as a hobby just to be able to help pass them out. I know some friends of ours that um, she is in the medical field and her husband is actually working for the CDC and he works directly with the coronavirus, but his mom is in Texas and she made masks and mailed a ton of them over for my friend to take and to work for her people and stuff since they were short on everything. So that was really cool. Wow. Yeah. I actually, my, my old neighbor made me some masks personally just because she knew that I was out there on the field and she's like, you need to have these and I was like that is the sweetest thing ever it was just totally <laughs> random so that was really cool yeah it's amazing that people are being so kind still I really I really like it but we'll let Spider tell you about Utah a little bit um and about all the mask making hey guys I am here with uh my friend from Utah do you want to introduce yourself uh, yeah, so I'm Spider O'Neill, and uh, as you said, I'm from Utah. I live in Salt Lake City, more specifically. How are things down there? What's kind of going on with the whole virus deal down there? You know, things kind of went crazy. So I was actually out of town on March 13th, so Friday the 13th, and that's kind of when I feel like things really started getting crazy here in the U.S. So I didn't come back until that Monday And then we had an earthquake, like a big one, one of the biggest that Utah's had in a long, long time, like two days later. So things went chaotic very, very quickly. Uh, It was a 5-7 earthquake, I believe. So rather significant. Not a ton really happened. You know, a few old buildings kind of shattered a bit. Um, And that was kind of right at the beginning of everything. Yeah, yeah. So like first week, all right, everybody stopped traveling and then few days later earthquake so things over here have been crazy and we even had we're still unsure if this was technically an aftershock or another earthquake because we had one last night that was like a four three something like that or four five so 
And that's so weird. That doesn't even normally happen in Utah. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, we very rarely get them. And when we do, they're really pretty small. Yeah. But, uh, and these ones were a month apart. So it's like, I don't know. So everybody over here is kind of, you know, the sky's falling, end of days type, type vibe. It's so weird. So did it's that so ch- change anything with how they were having people shelter in place? Was there any damage or anything major that happened? See, so that that's kind of the bummer is we only have like a partial stay at home kind of order okay. it's like recommended that you don't go out versus other states are like no we're doing stay home only essential businesses etc cetera, etc cetera. whereas utah still hasn't really caught up to that so okay. you see people everywhere all the time are restaurants and bars and stuff still open so those closed at least um to the public like you can't go in and sit down but you can do you know take out and delivery orders still right okay. but yeah those thankfully did shut down Okay. Um, yeah, that's good at least. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've taken some measures, but not much, which is kind of embarrassing. But I mean, I think there's still a handful of states that are in that same boat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm curious uh, about churches and stuff there. Are those shut down? Yes. And so we have a huge religion here, the uh, LDS Mormon religion, mm-hmm. um, that there are, you know, it's a big block downtown that they own, but um, so they have like what they're called their like general conference that they do twice a year. That's like global, okay. and usually they have a ton of people fly here, and they all go to this big building, and and uh, they did it all online, and they shut down all the churches, so nobody's going to church, none of that stuff. Okay. Um, but it's weird because it's like hit and miss. Like some businesses are following it, and other businesses are like, "Well, we're trying to just hold on, so we're staying open," but. I don't know. It's just kind of weird because Utah doesn't want to do a lot of things because we're one of the biggest small business capitals in the nation. So they don't want to like jeopardize that, but they're kind of dragging things out longer and longer and hurting them in the long run by not, you know, really just, all right, everybody locked down for a couple of weeks. Yeah, that makes sense. Just have a couple of weeks of, oh no, we're not making any money and then kind of go back to normal. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Especially since, you know, it seems everybody just started getting their government grants for the small businesses. So they're supported for the next two months. So it's like, great, now everybody's shut down. You're supported for two months. You don't have to do anything. And then we can go back. Yeah, then we can just knock this out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Just hammer it home. Everybody get your house projects done, work on your garden, and then come back (laughs) later, you know? So how are you being directly affected? Are you still working or what is your job? Yeah, so I work for uh, the Sundance Institute, which runs the Sundance Film Festival. That's cool. And what's interesting is I was already working on setting up my team to work fully remote all the time, full time. And then the virus hit and it's like, well, and we're speeding that along. (laughs) So now the whole company works remote. Like nobody, we haven't stopped. We haven't shut down. We haven't done anything. Everybody's working full time remotely. Um, we do all of our meetings over Zoom or Blue Jeans, um, but my girlfriend she works two part time jobs and they're both non essential. Oh, okay. So that definitely byproduct affects me, and she owns a small business, so it's really shifted things. Like, and now we're we're sewing masks, so it's like we have a I have my regular day job, and then I'm working 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 all night till you know one or two in the morning working on masks and all these other things so yeah which is good though are you are you guys donating them so that's what we're trying to get to we so we ran across some really high quality material that's like water resistant Mm -hmm. um so we put that on the outlayer and then we have i mean the whole process takes a really long time so there's like the easy you know like the rectangular masks that a lot of people are printing out those take like maybe five minutes to do. Mm. These take me like, uh, I'm getting faster, but they still take me about 
45 minutes to an hour to make one. Oh, wow, okay. Because they're pretty, they're pretty intense. Like, there's a lot to them. Um, but, yeah. You know, they have, like, the nose bridge. They have three layers of stuff, a spot for a filter, the ear straps. Like, it's all pretty. Yeah, it's the whole nine yards. <laughs> yeah. So I'm kind of hoping, because this, this material isn't uh, super cheap and it's not easy to come by, mm-hmm. that when we run out of it, which is real soon, that we can start making some of those uh, cheaper, less you know, fancy ones that we could donate, right? So then we could yeah. be like, buy one, donate one um, kind of scenario is what I want to be doing. Yeah, but, that'd be great. Well, and it sounds like since there's still people wandering around in Utah everywhere, it might be good to have more people having those. Yeah, there's so many of them, and it would be so good. But these are not, you know, like good disposable hospital ones. These are like meant to last for a long, long time. Yeah, which is great. So, I think. We need some cheaper ones out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, it sounds like you're pretty busy with, you know, still working and making the masks. Is there anything else you're doing to to pass the time while all this is happening? Uh, Well, we started a garden. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) Indoors, in our little cups. And then, you know, the mask stuff kind of took off. So all of our, like, house side projects kind of just stopped. Because we have overload of masks and she runs a business of custom motorcycle seats okay. which you would kind of think you know that's a non-essential so people really wouldn't be doing it but business is booming i guess everybody's at home and they're like getting a little antsy and they want to get on their yeah. motorcycle and head out but their seat sucks so they're like <laughs> sending orders in left and right so like, now's okay, the time. <laughs> get to it. yeah exactly so we're busy 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 do you but, know if the national parks down your way are still open at all any of them um, I know that camping is no longer allowed. Okay. Um, so, and I've even heard of some counties not letting you, um, travel outside of them for like recreational type use. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've heard people are kind of stopping out of state plates too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I know there's some, some border checks down between New Mexico and Arizona. I have a friend that lives on the Indian reserve down there and there are even the, reserve police i can't remember what they're called was kind of like escorting people back to their homes if they were out roaming around or whatever like yeah it was pretty pretty intense down there from what i was hearing all right well thank you so much for being on with us we appreciate it no yeah thank you we'll see you so if you guys want to get in touch with spider or anything about the masks his instagram is spider it's s-p-y-d-e-r underscore zero on instagram um and check him out there and yeah yeah, thank you for being on Spiders. Definitely interesting to hear your perspective out there. So it seems like it's really different. So that's really creepy. Yeah. I really like the idea of the water resistant outside on the masks too. That's kind of cool. Yeah, the design sounds interesting on what you're doing. A lot of people have been criticizing the different types of masks, so on and so forth. But it seems like any effort for improvement is a great effort so yeah and just the fact that there are people out making them is fantastic yeah so we did talk to one other person who was making masks as well um and we had really really wanted to talk to someone in new york because obviously new york got hit harder than pretty much all of the other states i think seattle and new york had it the worst really at the beginning yeah it's it seemed like those were the two biggest hot spots and california southern california really got hit too um, those three were just radiating with cases in the beginning and that was kind of, um, eye opening. And so Ash and I really just wanted to kind of get an inside scoop on what's going on out there. So yeah, we'll play that for you and we will be right back. 
Hey guys, I'm here with my friend in New York. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi everyone. My name is Allison. Um, I live in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about what's going on in New York right now? I know the situation over there is probably a little more crazy than the West Coast. Yeah, New York is uh, pretty, pretty crazy at the moment. Um, so currently we're supposed to kind of stay quarantined in place uh, if we're not an essential worker or first responder or healthcare worker. Um, and they just mandated that if you go into a public area, whether it's a park or grocery store, you need to have a face covering. Um, so I've just been, when this all started, I, I started making masks. So now I have a lot more requests oh, for more God. masks because of what's going on now for everyone. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, so are you just giving them out to people or are you, how are you handing them out? So I, everyone keeps telling me to sell them, but honestly, I don't feel comfortable selling a mask. Yeah. I just feel like this is something that everyone really should have. And unfortunately, there's not enough masks to go around for everyone. So what started out as just donating to first responders and healthcare facilities has now turned into like, hey, do you need a mask? Okay, request it through this form and I'll let you know when it's finished. And I've been doing kids masks as well as adult masks. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah, I, I do ask people to either cover the shipping if I'm shipping or to make a donation because, you know, um, it costs a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of time, I'm sure, too. Yeah, I'm not worried about paying myself for the time. And I keep telling people, like, whatever is left on the donations, I'll be donating to an actual charity. I haven't figured out what charity yet. But um, like I said, I just don't feel comfortable accepting money for masks at this point um yeah but I've been <laughs> I've been receiving a lot of donations which is great whether it's materials or supplies or monetary donations but like I'm prop I'm pretty much like neck and neck with <laughs> my costs and the donations which is pretty crazy yeah. but um that's how it's been going <laughs> <laughs> well what do you do for work has your work been affected are you able to work from home so I am a bridal accessory designer, and I have been greatly affected by COVID. I'm um, sure. <laughs> so the whole wedding industry has been affected, unfortunately. And, um, you know, all my plans for trunk shows and events and, you know, um, brides picking up their dresses for spring weddings have been, like, completely taken from me. Um I haven't really been to my studio to work on anything and I've just thrown myself into, you know, making masks. But unfortunately, um, the wedding industry is quiet for me. Uh, if brides aren't picking up their wedding dresses, they're not picking out accessories. And a lot of the stores that stock my accessories are closed. Some are doing virtual appointments. Um, some don't even know if they're going to be able to reopen. So it's it, it's a very stressful time for my personal business because I don't know where it's going to go. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad you're able to do masks on the side. Is there anything else that you're doing um, with your free time? If you're actually, it sounds like you guys are pretty actually stuck inside. You can't, can you go out for walks and things like that? 
Oh, yeah, we can go out for walks. Like my husband's actually, he's a, a NYPD sergeant. So he's oh. going to work because he has to. And luckily he's an admin. And so he stays inside. His schedule hasn't changed and very lucky for that. Um, but I have an 18 month old daughter and she gets <laughs> a little crazy inside. So I do take her out for walks. I keep her in the stroller. If I have to, I throw like the rain cover over top of her because she's not going to wear a mask. Yeah. Uh, she tries to take my mask off. So. Um, but yeah, I do take her outside. Sometimes we'll just go into the front of our like our place and we'll just be on the sidewalk for 10, 15 minutes just to get some fresh air. Um, but pretty much inside trying to keep her occupied. Lots of coloring and puzzles. And she sometimes lets me sew in front of her most of the time. <laughs> I sew when she's sleeping. <laughs> Yeah, at least you have the, the nap time to, to get some things done. Yeah, nap time and when she goes to bed. And like, that's when I really put my pedal to the metal. And so, you know. <laughs> have you heard any crazy stories through your husband of things that are going on in the city since this has been happening, since New York has it so much worse off at the moment? So he hasn't really shared crazy stories, I guess you could say. Um, but there has been like an increase in... Um, like thefts and burglar, burglary and all that because he works in Midtown. So he covers a lot of like the high um, stores like Macy's is there and everything like that. Um, there's not a lot of people. So some crime has gone down. But, um, you know, he's he's also scared to see where this is going to go. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's so much unknown with this. Like, we don't know if this is going to become crazier or if it's going to get better I mean the curve is flattening but how long are people going to actually like put up with being quarantined and people are already rallying but right yeah uh, yeah well pretty crazy um and if you want to let me know um where people can find your masks we can let everybody know that too um so on my website, actually, I have a page. Um, it's alisonnicole.com, A-L-Y-S-O-N-N-I-C-O-L-E.com. Um, there's a page like in my slider that you can click to get more information on either how to make your own face mask, um, the Facebook group that I created called The Mask Makers. It's a open group. Um, a lot of the people are local, but I help ship supplies that are needed to other makers. Um, people can donate there. People can request personal masks. They can request facility masks. Um, and we started doing scrub caps a while, like a couple weeks ago. And some people are even doing headbands with like the buttons to help the ears. Oh, nice. Um, so there's a lot going on in that group in terms of, you know, protective gear. Um, but I think I have information on how to donate on my page on my website. If not, you can just click through to um, the Facebook group and the information's in there too. Thank you, Allison, for being on with us and sharing your experience. It sounds like having an 18-month-old baby in the middle of a uh, pandemic is probably not a lot of fun yeah, so seriously. but it also sounds like you're keeping busy um taking care of masks and using a skill that you already had to yeah and if you guys want to check out her 
There goes Gozer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> if you guys want to check out her Instagram, um, it's the same as her website. It's Allison, A-L-Y-S-O-N underscore Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-E underscore. Um, and you can see her masks and some of her like wedding design stuff. Gozer just really wants attention right now. You are doing so good. <laughs> she wanted to say hi. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I thought that was pretty crazy that her husband is in NYPD too in the middle of all of this. Even though he's in an office, it must be really wild to be working in the middle of everything. Oh, yeah. I honestly, I I know that they probably aren't really allowed to talk about their experiences too much um, with anybody. But I can't imagine the calls and things that they're probably getting right now. They're probably crazy things between either actual true scandals, but also probably just the things that people are just freaking out about in general it's probably insane so I'm sure people are just panicking too because you know it's a scary thing if you think you have the symptoms and you I mean one of the biggest things is that there was an article I was reading today about how there's some large percentage of people that said that they wouldn't even seek treatment if they thought they had it because they don't have insurance and so it's too expensive to be able to even go be checked out which is really scary that people are having symptoms and just don't feel like they're able to get care So I know I'm sure that the the police are dealing with a lot, but it is cool that she is keeping busy and she still gets to do something that's kind of in her line of work. Um, And it's interesting that she was a a bridal accessories designer. I have these friends that I actually met randomly at a hot springs in Oregon. They live in California and they had their wedding date was kind of in the middle of all of this craziness. So when it started, they were like, well, we're still going to get married. We're just going to do it a little bit differently. So... (laughs) They ended up on a bunch of websites um, because they decided to go through their wedding and they they had people send them gifts and did the whole thing, but they did it from home and they Zoomed oh people gosh. and they just had like a very small private wedding because they had to, not really by choice. <laughs> yeah. Actually, on that note, my, my sister got married two weeks before the entire country started shutting down and I was in, <laughs> I was in Houston, Texas and... It was crazy because we had family from all over the world and country at this wedding. I mean, there were people from all over and we were kind of obviously all happy to celebrate and everything and COVID hadn't really exploded into anything yet. After the fact, though, we were all like, holy cow, we just had this gigantic wedding and (laughs) everybody came from around the world. But it was really cool at the same time because we all actually got to do the wedding. I think my sister would have been devastated um, had she not been able to, you know, go through it. So I'm glad that we did. But at the same time, looking back, I was like, that was literally two weeks prior to a pandemic. that's wild. And I think a lot of people are doing the same thing where they're just, you know, I do have a friend that actually flew down to California for his sister's wedding that they just decided to do it anyway and it's it's pretty crazy because it's a big event and obviously you spend a lot of time planning it and stuff so a lot of people are just kind of like okay let's just go yeah (laughs) so I don't know it's pretty wild but we do we actually our next person that we talked to is in California he's in Northern California in Santa Cruz and it sounds like I think Northern California is a little bit better off than Southern California like LA area yeah so I actually talked to a friend today and he was just explaining to me that north of San Francisco they haven't really had any new cases Uh and so that's really impressive um 
I know that Northern California and Southern California are very different, especially as far as the populations go, but that's a really big state. Yes, exactly. So having half the state not testing more positive cases is impressive. So Yeah, so we'll let uh, Ted talk to you guys about Santa Cruz. Hey guys, I'm here with my friend in California. You want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Uh, sure. My name is Ted Kakuza in Santa Cruz, California, and that's where I'm at right now. You want to just uh, tell me about what's going on, where you're at, and how everything's going with all this madness? Okay. Um, in Santa Cruz County, I think we actually have a pretty low count of COVID cases or whatever, but uh, I think the county in general has been doing a pretty good job of sheltering in place, so it hasn't been too gnarly, but every, when I go out, I see people wearing masks, everyone's distancing from each other, so I'm glad people are taking it seriously. Yeah. But yeah, I'm working from home. A lot of people are too, so it's uh, still weird. Yeah. Weird time. Are bars and restaurants and all that closed too? Yeah, those are all closed. Are there fines or anything for going outside? I know a lot of places are doing that, but I think it's more East Coast. Um... I think I think there are fines, but I think it's if you go to like a park that's closed or something. I I don't know like super in depth like the details and stuff. I think there are fines for like maybe like I think up to like a thousand dollars. Oh wow! For going out, but like that's just what I hear. I haven't I haven't seen any official report on what what goes on yeah. but well that's a good thing though that means you're doing the shelter in place thing properly too <laughs> yeah exactly so what is your job and how has that been kind of affected by everything okay i'm a graphic designer at a skateboard distribution called nhs the most popular brand is santa cruz skateboards which i do a lot of work for so everyone i work in the art department there everyone has been working from home and it's actually been a pretty smooth transition and a lot of a lot of us are starting to think like, damn, we could be working from home all the time. Like this is <laughs> this is working for us. I think a lot of people are feeling like that right now. It's been going good. I miss hanging out with all my friends from work. Uh, I moved here from I, I'm from New Jersey. I was living in Brooklyn when I moved here, so all my friends here are work based pretty much. We all skate. Okay. We all have similar interests. So I miss them a lot, but I still like Zoom. Uh, house party with them. I've got a virtual happy hour with some coworkers in about an hour today. Nice. Actually, so. But as as far as working goes, I feel like I'm getting the same amount of work done. I feel like sometimes I'm not being as productive as I should be. But then I think like I'm not like when I'm at work. There's times I have to get up from my desk and like not stare at my computer. There's times where I need to go like talk to people just to like take my mind off something. So it's like it's it's weird to have those moments where you need um like some time to yourself, but or just some like downtime. Just the mental space, yeah. You so you feel like you're not doing anything, but like your your brain needs a mental break like every thirty minutes or so. So it just feels less productive when you're at home not doing anything yeah that's been one of the weirdest parts about all this I think it's, it's like I'm I feel like I'm more productive but also definitely not <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um so it sounds like you've been doing a lot to keep busy is there anything um that you like projects you've been working on or fun stuff you've been able to get to since you've had a little bit more time with not going out I think 
well, I've been working on a lot of stuff. I have fun working on whatever projects I am for work. I love illustrating and graphic design. So I'm very thankful that I get to do that for work. But like afterwards, then I'll, I just try to keep busy, like doing a lot of drawing and like I've, I've recently got a Skillshare account. So I've been watching a ton of tutorial videos on how to learning new tips and tricks and stuff. Um, uh, so, and basically I'm just, it's also kind of like blessing in disguise because I feel like I could work on a lot of projects and learn all this stuff without having the, the social pressure of like, oh, my friends want to go out. My friends, oh, my friends want to go skate. Oh, like I could really just focus on what I like, what I want to work on, which is how I often feel. But then I'm also like, I like hanging out with my friends too. So yeah, it's kind of nice to have that. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh. I am no stranger to staying indoors often because drawing and designing a lot of that takes place indoors, right. but I do miss going outside. I've been trying to get out and skate at least once a week. There's like an empty parking lot near me. I was just there today. Wednesday is my day that I'll go. And I've also been like, I have like a whole indoor workout routine. So, and I'm sticking to like same diet I had before, like still trying to stay healthy while staying indoors which nice. is not the most healthy environment but making trying to make the best of it yeah it's all those little things that are kind of making it more survivable too just a good routine i guess yeah cool exactly. well thank you very much for being on we appreciate it yeah no problem so if you guys want to check out ted's artwork he is i'm gonna just spell this e-u-s-w-e-e-s-h on instagram he has some pretty cool art and he does the you know like he was saying the skateboard design stuff uh yeah yeah thank you for sharing what's going on in your world out there it seems like you know you are pretty much in quarantine <laughs> so yeah. it doesn't sound like you know you're breaking the law so <laughs> that's a good thing um, i know everybody in their zoom meetings now it's just like happy hours with zoom forever and ever i guess yeah but we appreciate you you know coming on and kind of telling us how your life's been affected so so we want to go to New Zealand now yeah. and talk to my friend Victor. So Victor and I met uh, in Paris a few years ago, totally randomly. He's from Ohio. I was living in, Par in Paris for a little bit. Um, and we stayed in touch for years. And he was actually just out here right before quarantine started. So it was, I think, either January or February of this year. Uh, he came to Portland for the first time. And then he headed over to New Zealand and he had kind of a crazy time getting there. Yeah, I, I've never met Victor and it was interesting because I follow him on Instagram and I was watching his stories and I just remember asking Ashley one day, like, what is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> and it like totally blew my mind because he was just traveling through the whole crazy situation, country hopping. And I was like, man. When it was right at the very beginning too. So things were just starting to get weird. So he had all these plans and he was like, oh yeah, it's going to be fine. And then everything kind of went south as he was moving around. It was um, like being the domino, knocking the dominoes in effect. <laughs> yeah, seriously. We will let him tell you, and then we'll be back with you guys after. Yeah. So I am here with my friend in New Zealand. You want to introduce yourself? Hi, yeah. Um, my name is Victor, and I am currently in Cromwell, New Zealand, which is on the South Island. So you had 
kind of a crazy time getting there because you ended up leaving for New Zealand right when everything was starting to shut down, right? Yeah. So <laughs> how that story went. So basically, I was spending some time in Sweden with my family. Uh, I was born in Sweden for a background there. And so I was there visiting my, my dad and aunts and uncles and such. And originally, I was supposed to go to a conference in Italy, which with everything happening there, obviously that was canceled. Don't want to go to Italy right but now. But <laughs> things were still, no, it was, uh, and it was when things were just starting to like really go crazy there really as far as um, infection and spread and all that. So uh, they called off the conference and I had already booked a plane ticket to New Zealand from Italy. But obviously there was all this complication with the airlines and everything, but the way that it worked out to be easiest to just change flights was to just change my destination within Europe. And in a lot of Europe, things weren't really happening yet as far as um, the infections. So I ended up going to Bulgaria and I was going to spend about a week there. And when I arrived, <laughs> I got to my hostel, which was about a two hour drive away. I was going to a town called Bansko and I got to the hostel and I walked in I saw the owner and he told me that right at that very moment, the, uh, oh goodness, what would it be? Prime minister, yeah. president. I don't know. <laughs> I should check that out. Um, the person. <laughs> yeah. So, so the government was having a press conference basically saying that they were going to be locking things down in Bulgaria as well. And that shops and hotels, bars, restaurants, all those things were going to close down. And because I anticipated New Zealand being on top of their game with a lot of things, which they have been, uh, it proved to be correct. I realized that I needed to get there as soon as possible. So I got to my hostel, like I said, and I basically opened up my phone and booked a flight out for that night and the only one available was leaving about four hours later so I had pretty much one one and a half hours in that town where I then you know got changed cleaned up and I had to find an ATM and it was really hard to find a ride back to the airport and everything because you know where people live and just it was the transport wasn't really working out but we managed to find something um I got to the airport and then at the airport it was a mess there was this whole it wasn't really COVID related. It was more of a complication and a misunderstanding with the airline, but I ended up getting onto the plane. I actually got to my gate right as boarding was starting. So oh my gosh. it was rather tight, but I ended up making it work. Um, and did you pick where you were going with, or was it just kind of wherever you could get to, to get out of there? As far as in New Zealand or whatever. Or just, just to get out of Bulgaria. Did you, were you go, trying to go somewhere specific or just seeing where, whatever you could get to get to New Zealand? Um, I was, tr I mostly just looked up flights to Auckland because it is, you know, the largest airport in, in the country. So I figured that would be the easiest and cheapest way to go. Yeah. So the flight was to Auckland and it was through Qatar Airways. So it was direct from Bulgaria to Doha, which I then had a 22 hour layover and then on to Auckland from there. But that's where things got interesting again. First of all, the flight to Doha, there were, I think maybe five or six people on the entire plane. Oh, it wow. was empty and it was like a big airplane you know um so that was pretty bizarre in itself so everyone you know kind of laid down in their seats which was quite nice and then I got to Doha and now things are starting to ramp up all around the world I mean things were starting to happen really quickly so like I said I had a 22-hour layover and 
the fortunate one thing that's really nice about the Doha airport is that they have a hotel within the actual uh, terminal area. So you can stay somewhere if you have a long layover without leaving security and everything. So you can just go stay however many hours you book it for X number of hours, the room, and then you walk out and walk straight to your gate, which is really nice. You don't have to worry about, yeah, it's fantastic. So I booked, you know, in for 20 hours or something there. And so I decided to go take a nap. And then when I woke up, I looked up the New Zealand situation again, and then they, I found out that they were enacting a 14 day self-isolation upon arrival into the country starting five hours before I landed. Oh my gosh. Or I was going to land. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, that was intense. So I got there. I was one of the first flights. So then I left Doha and I was one of the first flights into New Zealand that, you know, they were doing these new, these new regulations with. So there were health officers everywhere and all these like doctors and stuff and people standing around in the airport and, um, you had to fill out all this paperwork. And then I spoke to a health official. I was like, all right, well, I need to do self-isolation, but where, which, you know, I need to, I'm going down to the South Island to work. Cause I'd landed in Auckland on the North Island. And they basically told me that I could make my way, way there. And then as soon as I arrived to start my self-isolation. So I got, you know, got through, got through customs, got my bag and everything, and then booked a flight down to Queenstown. Wait, so they told you you had to quarantine, but that's the thing I think that people don't really think about is you were supposed to quarantine as soon as you got there, but you still jumped on another plane. Yes, which I found that quite interesting that they let me do that. Because I walked up to one of the health officials in the airport, like by the baggage claim, and I said, I have a question. I didn't book anything onwards because I didn't want to, like, you know, get stuck here in Auckland if I had to do my isolation here. And uh, so can I go to where I'm going and then isolate there? And the woman I was speaking to said, oh, yeah, let me go talk to my supervisor. So then she walked away and I stood there waiting for about five minutes. And then she came back and she said, well, you haven't been to high risk countries or something like that. So you're allowed to make your way down. So, oh, interesting. yeah, that was it was interesting. Definitely. So, yeah, then I got on another flight. Uh, like, yeah, like you said, it seems a little bit backwards. backwards but, yeah, you know, I followed all the rules. Um, and then made my way, flew down to Queenstown, and then got on a bus to Cromwell, which is a little town, I guess, about an hour north of Queenstown, which is where I'm working. Uh, my employer hooked me up with a hotel, so then I, you know, went to a hotel there, and then I was isolated for two weeks, so didn't see anybody. Uh, groceries had to be delivered, which, fortunately, one of the two grocery stores in town delivers, and yeah, then I sat there for two weeks. And then now, now I've moved into a house with my uh, coworkers, and I am I've started work. But within those fourteen days, while I was under self isolation, the country went into a level four lockdown. So everything is closed, except for essential services. So I know in the U.S. they're doing a lot of like takeout food and such, which that's not even allowed here. So they've oh, they've wow. completely shut everything down, except for. You know, grocery stores, pharmacies, medical facilities, and then banks are allowed to be open one day a week. Wow, that's pretty wild. So, I mean, they don't have a lot of cases, though, right? No. So New Zealand, as of yesterday, they haven't. They release new statistics every day, which that's one nice thing about it being such a small country. There's only about 4 million people in the whole nation, so they're able to really track things very well. They were locking things down before there were even 50 cases in the country. Um, And now, as far as confirmed cases, as of yesterday, there were about a little bit over 1,000. Oh, wow. Okay. 
And uh, yeah, new cases yesterday, there were only eight, whereas about 80 have recovered. So we're getting to the point where now half of the people that have had confirmed cases have recovered. Well, I think the lockdown is actually working, but we definitely are not closing everything down as much here in the U.S. Yeah. So we've got one week left of our level four lockdown, but I mean, everyone's anticipating that it'll go a little bit longer, but then we'll see what ends up happening and how they choose to handle everything moving forward. So how is the lockdown being enforced? Are they doing fines? Like I know a lot of countries right now are are fining people for being out and about when things are closed or is literally nothing open to the point that no one can really be out? So they're encouraging, you know, exercise and such, and people are very mindful of that. I mean, I personally go for a walk every single day, and every time I'm out, I see people biking, and I see people walking around and whatnot. Uh, but everyone very is very conscious of, you know, the two-meter rule is, you know, so about six feet. Yeah. Um, so, like, if I'm walking and someone else is walking, like, a lot of times people will walk into the grass as you're walking by each other to make sure you stay two meters apart. And people really seem to be respecting it and... No one seems to be doing anything too far. As far as how they're enforcing it, I'm not quite sure what the legal rules are. I do. I have read a couple of articles about foreigners that were here for travel that have decided to not follow the rules and they got quickly deported. Uh, well, so. you got to do what you got to do, I guess. <laughs> Make sure everyone yeah. stays safe. And you said that you are still working. So is your job considered essential? You're still going to work with other people? Yes, so I work in the wine industry, so I'm here for the harvest. It's obviously fall time down here in the Southern Hemisphere, so the grapes are ripening. And agriculture has been deemed a primary industry, because obviously you need food and such to be provided for the people to have things at grocery stores. Um, And wine is, I mean, it's a massive part of the economy, and it's, you know, it is a branch of agriculture, so it has been deemed essential for that reason. Um, and it's not one of those things you can wait, you know, once the grapes are ready, the grapes are ready. You right. gotta, you gotta and harvest. Honestly, for quarantine, I think wine is necessary anyway. So it's probably That's good. That's totally good. fair. <laughs> yeah. And, but I mean, I will say there are a ton of different regulations that they've added for the workplaces. Uh, for example, there are seven people in my position, seller hands. So we basically come in just during the harvest to help because everything gets crazy with all the grapes coming in and the wine being made. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas the rest of the year, they don't need as many people. And there are seven of us that are here working internationally. And originally they had us all living in one big house, which was, you know, really nice, I guess, fully furnished, whatever house. But with the new regulations, they had to split us into two shifts. So there's like a morning shift and an evening shift. And there is an hour at work where we, there were the window between us where we're scheduled. So if they do end up working a little bit later, there's not a chance of us showing up while they're still there. And we're living in different houses now. They've put us the evening shift into a different house. So there is absolutely zero overlap. I've been, you know, going on my third week of work at this place and I still haven't met all of my coworkers, (laughs) which is pretty interesting. And at the end of every shift, I mean, we sanitize everything. We all buttons and handles and light switches and anything that is, you know, commonly touched. And after any job that you do, any individual task, you sanitize all the different equipment that you use before you put it back on the shelf. Well, it's good to know they're being safe with that too. Um, aside from work and your daily walk, what are you doing to keep busy? It sounds like, I mean, you are pretty busy, but is what's kind of the yeah, thing there? I mean, <laughs> harvest is always a crazy time, uh, in the wine industry. So, I mean, it's, and it's physical work. So mostly I'm pretty tired <laughs> and I, I work from 3 PM until about midnight. But aside from that, I'm out. So like I said, I walk and I do a lot of, uh, I mean, I'm catching up on photo editing and video editing and stuff, you know, all that fun content creation type stuff. 
and you know Netflix obviously <laughs> I know I think I'm the only person that isn't doing Netflix for the quarantine it's terrible I'm a bad human apparently <laughs> no it just means you're being more productive maybe maybe I don't know if we can call it productive but <laughs> Um, well, Victor, thank you very much for being on. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. So if you want to find Victor on Instagram, his uh, Instagram is Gone Venturing, and he and I actually do a live Instagram thing every Thursday <laughs> at 6 o'clock uh, Pacific time. So if you would like to tune into that, you can watch us talk about random crap. I chime in every week just to hear it. Yeah. It's pretty good. You can see Ashley in the comments. And Gozer is so fed up with us recording right now. <laughs> Sorry, she's making dinosaur noises. <laughs> she will only be quiet if we're petting her, so we both are just sitting here petting her, trying to get her to be quiet. <laughs> Scratched her face. It's fine. <clears throat> but yeah, so um, Victor's story I find fascinating always, because he was in the middle of all of this and traveling so much right at the beginning of it, which is pretty wild, especially because he was in Asia. Yeah, and it's crazy, too, because he literally had to get on a plane and get out and you know get to New Zealand as quickly as he could and you know it's like every country that he touched down in they were like oh it's time to go (laughs) for this reason or that reason and then he got to New Zealand and it's like oh now it's time to quarantine (laughs) I just can't believe he missed the New Zealand window by like two hours yeah he definitely he had some close calls (laughs) yeah he really did but he is safely there now. I'm actually, he's going to be on at some point um, to talk about his experience in Antarctica because he did live there. He's lived there a few years. Yeah. Um, and he works there for a while and then travels. He's been literally everywhere. Uh... Gozer's not on board with that, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> She's not on board with mountains. Uh, not snow-covered ones, anyway. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we... Um, we're really grateful to everyone who talked with us the last two weeks. We are so happy we got to talk to so many of you and hear all your stories and about the craziness that's going on. Yeah. It's been really, really interesting. Yeah, just putting it out loud has been really interesting for me personally, just because when I'm out there working, I don't really think about it as much. I just kind of think about clean, 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 <laughs> and work, 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 work. And then I go home and I'm like, take a shower before you touch anything. And then I go and to bed. Burn your clothes and <laughs> yeah. all of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and throw the bleach on everything. But yeah, so thank you guys. Yeah, we really appreciate it. And we are looking forward to something non-coronavirus related because I know it's it's just everyone is inundated with it all the time. But we really were fascinated by just everyone's different stories and what's going on in the whole world. And we figured, you know, people kind of want to know what's happening. And it's nice to have a first-person perspective. Yeah, it was really fun to kind of hear just, you know, obviously not, it's not fun to hear about a pandemic. But it's fun to kind of hear the different lives and the different stories through so many different eyes. Like, that was really, for me, just kind of like, whoa. Yeah. Plus just bringing everyone together. It was so nice to be able to talk to people from all over the place when we can't really talk to people in person, you know? Yeah. And Ashley really got to reconnect with a lot of people. So that was cool too. That's nice. (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much. We will see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah. We've got some more interesting stuff coming your way. And a couple fun interviews. Yeah. So catch us on our next adventure and stay wild. Cheers.